welcome to Marathon Swim Stories, where we explore the human side of the superhuman feats of endurance swimmers and those who support them. I'm marathon swimmer and coach Shannon Keegan. For today's episode, I spoke with Gia for the exciting conclusion of her journey story to swim 20 bridges around Manhattan. Spoiler alert, she made it. I hope you've enjoyed Gia's journey. Hey, Gia, welcome back. I'm so excited to hear all about the exciting conclusion of your journey. Tell us, tell us everything. Yes. Well, I did it. Yay! (laughs) And I guess I'll go back to the way I scheduled this. So I was to swim it on Sunday, the Sunday after the Thursday night, very late that I got back from Korea. Mm-hmm. And I had a layover in Germany and didn't plan it very well and then saw my sister for two nights wow. and then came right to JFK. Janine picked me up at around 10 p.m. and then I went and slept over and I was just at this point I thought it was still going to be on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But okay. coming, there's a hurricane coming, Hurricane Henri. And I was just kind of like so out of it. And the last time I talked to you, I think some of my last words were, it's just already out of my hands. I can feel the momentum of um, the day arriving. It's just mm-hmm. coming. So there's really nothing I can do. And it felt like that. So people were saying stuff about the hurricane, but I know some people might get all worried and be like, wait, is this? And it, it's also because I live in the New York City area for people mm-hmm. who traveled. I just wasn't too... I was really disengaged from it all in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. And I went home and did what I said I wasn't going to do, which was <laughs> unpack every little thing, clean everything, <laughs> even go out with friends, like see Jennifer Snyder, who's in my neighborhood, go out a couple of times. And then it was canceled. Yeah. Um, and I was also sleeping so much because I thought, well, I have this one day, bef- one full day before the swim, really, by the time I got to my apartment. Mm-hmm. So I'll just sleep without an alarm. And I woke up at like 2 p.m. and just looked at my phone and it was bursting with text <laughs> and my email was just kind of like, I think she's still asleep. And <laughs> they, it's canceled just so you know it's canceled and they wanted to reschedule. Mm-hmm. So then they said Tuesday. And then what happened was on Tuesday, um, the swimmers who were supposed to swim on the Monday before got canceled also because the weather and the water conditions were still crummy after the hurricane came through. And so then they asked if we, the people who got bumped to Tuesday, um, it's this woman, Andy Nelson and I, and she's from the DC area. She ended up swimming on Wednesday Mm -hmm. and I swam on Thursday. So um, I said that it was fine. And even when I said that, I wasn't thinking like, oh, that'll be to my advantage, actually. (laughs) I just thought, of course, they're from Minnesota and Venezuela. I was like, well, I'm not going to say no. But also I knew that um, the currents were getting slower for that Mm. day because the date window I chose was sort of due to vanity also. And the because I'd be in Korea the rest of the time. 
And that's because I think earlier in the summer, the currents are known to be stronger because there's just more water coming down. Okay. At least that's what I've heard. Mm -hmm. And I chose this because I'd be back from Korea and because it was before my 40th birthday. Right. (laughs) And when I first applied, it was for 2020. And when that didn't happen, I I said to Ronnie, I was like, I know this is ridiculous, but I'll just say, I want to get it done before I'm 40. Yeah. Oh, we'll definitely make it happen. So the Sunday was a full moon. And that since the rivers go with the tides, Mm -hmm. that would have been the best day for me who is a slower swimmer, kind of on the slower side to do it. But so with each day, the the tides are getting kind of slower. Um, And so she mapped out the model. And so now I knew it was going to be on Thursday and took a look at it. And at first I just kind of didn't, I just looked at it. I was like, oh, 9.30 a.m. start. Then I looked again and I texted I texted Rondi. I said, hi, Rondi. I just want to make sure this is correct. Uh, 11 hour swim finishing after sunset. And she just wrote back, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but what was sweet was in the midst of it all. And also the kayaker, um, Terry O'Malley, couldn't mm-hmm. make it because he has a full-time job, like a serious Oh, job. right. Yeah. Working on con- landing contracts and doing these things. And he's like, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And he- when Tuesday got changed, the replacement kayaker couldn't do it. And oh, geez. Yeah. So almost until the night before, I didn't really know. But then oh, wow. when she sent the plan, a part of it was I saw Sharon Gunderson's name next to mine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you met her, but she's been doing a lot of stuff with New York Open Water. Mm-hmm. But I know her and I really just like her very much. And she was the one who ended up kayaking for me. That's great. Yeah, it was once I saw her name, I just felt like, wow, this is going to be I I just I'm glad there's a kayaker now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. And so at that point, it was getting more and more surreal Mm because now I had time to think. And (laughs) yeah, you weren't just throwing yourself in there (laughs) off the plane (laughs) being like, well, we'll see what happens. (laughs) I've prided myself on just kind of ramming through jet lag. Because mm. if, if I'm coming back from someplace, my strategy, it's not that healthy, but I'll stay up all night or something so that I can sleep on the plane. And then I'll just sleep when I'm supposed to and then mm. wake up. But um, since that didn't happen and I made so many stops, yeah. I finally felt what it was like um, for most people, which is just, I was, I thought, I can't believe I slept 13 hours <laughs> and then I woke up and I got sleepy again and I slept more and it was just, um, so that added to the surreality of it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I was becoming more and more detached as mm-hmm. in kind of like I couldn't even believe that this was going to happen. But then the day finally came and um, I had to jog around the hotel reservations and everything. But I met up with Ed, who is my crew crewmate. Mm-hmm. So we went out to dinner and it felt like the last supper. And <laughs> basically I started feeling like, Towards the, as the day approached, I got so superstitious, kind of like, oh, if a, if a hair falls out, it means this. Or if I, <laughs> or when I was painting, I even bothered to, this is still the same paint. I <laughs> Love it. My nails. And I just got these morbid thoughts like, well, this will be a good way to identify. <laughs> just like, it, it was just kind of weird. Like I got in this weird headspace. Um, but having dinner with him was really good. 
and we got our stuff in order and got to talk. And uh, my feeds are very, really simple. Mm-hmm. And he is also an incredibly organized and just rational person. And so there was never any anxiety and mm-hmm. everything was planned out, then had the dinner. And then we went out onto Pier 40 because we ate near the, at this old pub called the Ear Inn. Okay. Like the oldest pub and restaurant in New York. And they have this big metal thing out front because um, they used to tie the boats up there because the waterfront used to go up to there. So mm-hmm. they filled in the rest and it's a historic place. And on Pier 40, we were trying to take before selfies, but uh-huh. it's coming out terribly. So we stopped some young guys who were just friends. And when they found out um, what I was doing, their reaction was just like, so over the top. It was so <laughs> enthusiastic. And yeah. it got to the point where he was saying how, and he was a young guy. I think he couldn't have been more in his mid twenties or something. And he was just saying how he had a finance job, but he quit and he was going to go pursue music. And he said, this city's so full of inspiration, meeting people like you, and we're going to track you tomorrow. And it made me feel like blessed because I said I was getting superstitious and I couldn't get a read. I just was like, well, what does it mean that a hurricane canceled it? What does it mean that uh, I stepped on a crack or (laughs) dropped dropped this thing? And if I saw a bit of random trash, I'd pick it up and be like, if I don't do that, man, that's (laughs) going to come and get me. So um, that made it feel kind of really centered me. And like there, that was a New York moment right there. Someone, Mm -hmm. Uh, talking about inspiration and really caring, even if they had nothing to do with this sport. Mm-hmm. And so that felt good. And then it was just off to make sure to get a good night of sleep, but I didn't really sleep, but I just let it ride. And I wasn't like, oh no, you have to sleep. You have to sleep. And I just thought to myself, well, I certainly slept these past three days. Yeah. So um and we plan to get up so early and we're supposed to go to the pier at 8 30 mm-hmm. and we just have to get there at to leave at like 7 20. Mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. being really good uh that way because we got there before the other group did and the other group was friendly uh, but when they came the energy switched up and it was already kind of go oh. time mm, okay yeah yeah there was a point at which we were like you know i think maybe we overdid it because we were kind of just sitting around a little, mm, but mm-hmm. time just went so fast. And um, I got to get the desitin on and arrange my goggles. And at the last minute, I decided to wear a Lycra cap instead of silicone. Oh, interesting. That was the best decision that I ever made because the water was 80 degrees. Oh, ah, yeah, 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 definitely. I could see that. Around 80 and, and the air was like 95 oh that sounds (laughs) hot and uncomfortable (laughs) including the crew they're they're like Gia this is your day don't don't worry about anyone else and I'm just like no I'm I feel so bad that I'm (laughs) one of the slowest I will be one of the slowest swimmers ever who's done this and managed to do it and they'll be frying on top of 95 degrees above the water and these are on the water not in the middle. I don't know. 
right? Yeah. Don't they say it's cooler by the water? <laughs> uh, I mean, I have no, I don't think it was, it was very cool that day. So I felt a little apologetic, but then I thought, why don't I, instead of feeling guilty and bad, just feel um, very grateful. Grateful, absolutely. I didn't get any sense of like, oh man. And um, people, they all know me. The, yeah. Sean Makovsky, who drove the rib, um, I was happy to see him too, because I know all the boaters, but he's the one I've spent so many hours on safety boats talking to him and I, I know that's him. great so the energy was very much like um family-like mm -hmm. it worked out uh really nicely so we went and I remember from observing I always figured the the most nervous part is when you just step over the side of the boat it's like what is and usually the boat's rocking and the battery's crazy but it was actually calmer than usual huh. it wasn't glassy but mm -hmm. it just wasn't and also having a quieter swim. I went first and the woman behind me, um, Jillian Salton, I believe is her name. She was from Oregon actually. Oh, and, interesting. Uh-huh. And I met her, I got to meet her, but she it was way oh, faster right. than me. So um, I feel like I'm chattering so much, but another aside I meant to say is Rondi's modeling. Mm -hmm. So Rondi's modeling is famous that she makes a calculation for every single swimmer, every single swimmer who comes mm -hmm. And down to the, she even has these check-in points of different sites along the way, along the course, when they may get there. And then she also has a final time in real time and a final total time. And when I saw it, I trusted it completely. Like mm -hmm. I, I, a lot of this is about um, mentally preparing, right? Yeah. And so I, when I saw 11 hours, I thought, okay, I know what that feels like. That's gonna feel kind of like my um, border buster attempt when I swim mm -hmm. and a half hours and I didn't, and it'll feel like a lot of things, but 11 hours. Um, yeah. And I'm glad I got to trust that because sometimes it, it, the biggest unknown is like, you don't even know if you'll finish or you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, so I got in and I have to say when I jumped in or kind of stepped over the side, I just, I knew immediately that I was going to have, that it was my day. So to yeah, speak. yeah, that's great. You know what I mean? Not so much like, oh, this is blessed. I've got this, but kind of like, this is the day. Like mm -hmm. you are here. This is happening. Like yeah. you're going to, and I felt really, um, that's when my bot, my mind started separating from my body. And it's that rare meditative state where like, I was detached from my ego, but I was also super there. Mm -hmm. um, this swim for me was always gonna be so, I just had these thoughts of, that I'd be weeping the whole way around in catharsis or like wonder, and that it would represent something about me, my time in New York, my life, my future. What ended up happening is, it was nothing but the swim it was nothing but that course and the just the experience of moving around the island mm -hmm. uh, with these people who i really love and respect who really wanted me to make it mm -hmm. and i felt so safe around and um the swimmer eric shawl had said to me he he texted me the night before and he was like remember the water is going to swim you mm -hmm. and that's really how it felt um especially going up the east river uh -huh. So I've only observed it, right? So when people are swimming with the current, 
you see that they're going fast, but you don't feel it. But yeah. I felt like when, when you're on a moving walkway at the airport and it was going that fast or even the strength, the strength of the East River just vacuuming me up was ridiculous. <laughs> so at one point I did kind of pop my head out like, wow, <laughs> I swallowed a bunch of river water. <laughs> I swallowed a lot of water just kind of, or sometimes it would just sneak in, gently thread its way in. Um, and I did think, oh, it doesn't, it actually tastes clean, whatever that means. <laughs> that means no. And I had those thoughts, but yeah, I just got up to the East River and then and you can stop me anytime if you want, if I'm specific. You're doing great. No, you're doing great. Were, were you meeting the check-in times as expected in the model? Oh, so I knew, I just kind of had this feeling like this seems quite fast. Mm. It, it's sort of like these big showy bridge. It starts off with such a bang, you know, mm-hmm. I just almost saw Brooklyn and Manhattan bridges in the rear view because as I was breathing, I was already like passing it by. So I was looking back as I was breathing just to see it kind of thing. And it was going so fast. And so when I did stop and have my first feed, it was somewhere past the Williamsburg Bridge because they wanted me to sort of get past that really active part of the battery. And Mm -hmm. um, they were like, yeah, you're, you know, we just checked in with Rondi and she said, you're killing our model. And (laughs) it made me feel good. But inside, I just was like, I'm not killing her model. So somewhere I'm going to pay later. I was like, okay. I got a free pass up the East River and I know, I know it's coming. So by the time I got to the right before the Wards Island Bridge, um, I had a feeding and I was thinking, oh, now I'm getting towards the Harlem. I'm getting towards the Harlem. And Ed looked at me, he said, okay, it's going to be about 30 minutes of tough swimming. Okay. Just keep. And in my head, I was like, oh, I wish he hadn't told me it was going to be tough. Oh. <laughs> but then I thought, no, this is when you just don't freak out. Mm-hmm. And um, Sharon was so great because she said, you know, don't go too hard. Just just keep going. And they just wanted to tell me that if I notice I'm not moving. Right. Because the current was going against me because yeah. I got there kind of too fast. Right. Um, and one thing before that was at the tip of Roosevelt Island. Um, I just I noticed that uh, Sharon kept. Another thing, I talked about my zigzagging problem. Mm-hmm. So I was on. I was just like, I have total trust that I'm going to really make sure that just whenever I look at the kayak, that I'll be approximately the same distance away. And it was working. Good. And I was so proud. And also even my stroke that I wasn't pulling to the right. I was like, oh, my God, everything, you know. And then, but she, I noticed she kept going like this and pointing me. So in my head, I started getting a little bit like, what's wrong with me? Like, yeah. Oh, no, I'm sliding. I'm doing something wrong, but I need to get to the right. But don't. So I learned what my rudder is sort of right. like she says, go to the right. I used to take a like a 90 degree angle. And instead, I slightly adjusted. But then yeah. she kept on pointing me. And so finally, I still didn't get it. But then when I breathed, I saw the UN building to my side, which meant that I was actually cutting across and at the same time that I saw that building and I thought wait something's happening the water I can't explain it felt like it felt as if layers of water were sand and water on the top layers were breaking on top of it so it was a whirlpool it was (laughs) a bunch of eddies and stuff not wow and that sucks you down like little mermaid but it was it was like a 
and by the time I realized I started charging <laughs> towards the Roosevelt Island. Um, so we got past that and then hit the counter current. Mm -hmm. So that was when we got to the wall and there's like a little iron fence. So I thought just baby steps. So just be steady and realize that one bar of iron, <laughs> every stroke, as long as you move, half a bar it was ridiculous and at the same time uh people were looking over because they're just walking their dog or biking mm. and I yeah. and they were just like <laughs> no, they weren't cheering and I knew that they like go you <laughs> I'm just here swimming <laughs> someone slathered in zinc just barely moving I knew what it looked like and they weren't like come on you got it they're just kind of like <laughs> and I thought all right I'll laugh at this later but I didn't ever feel like oh no you can't go forward because of other swims like two bridges when I did get caught against the current and um Richard Cl Clifford and Ari the kayakers flanked me and there that was my first experience against the current so because of experiences like that um I just kept going and really I was against the current for an hour or oh. so but the relativity of the countercurrent slackening, starting to slacken, um, this is also a real exercise in relativity because I became super sensitive about um, that in a good way because as soon as it got less strong against me, I felt like it was actually pulling me. So at one point I was like, well, it's pulling me forward now. I can feel it. And they're like, well, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> But it was just a relief when it eased up a bit. Mm -hmm. And then, um, the Harlem River ended up being my total favorite. Oh. Uh, yeah. And people were kind of like, what? Later, I don't understand that. And the reason I think is the way I liken it felt like it did feel like a hike. So if you've done a long hike, the beginning starts off where you're like, oh, let's get out there and um, we're going higher and higher and you see waterfalls and take pictures. I'm in nature. I love it. And then, but then you hit that wall where right. <laughs> now you have to push to the summit, which is the Wards Island bridge. Then you're on the ridge, you're on mm -hmm. the ridge and you're not really going, you're going up and down and some parts are hard and some parts are, sometimes you feel a pull and then there you see other peaks. And to me, the peaks were all these little bridges uh, that you don't really get to see. And so I really enjoyed it. And um, it, later I, I realized I spent five hours in there. <laughs> but it didn't feel like that. That's great. That's awesome. Because yeah, I didn't, I, in a way I thought of it as three pieces because it's three rivers. And um, Terry O'Malley gave me a lot of advice too. And he said, hey, think of it as three waves. So mm -hmm. in a way it's three chunks. But once I was in the Harlem, that was the most um, journey-like part for me. Hmm where it wasn't going from one thing to the next. I wasn't necessarily like get through this and get to the um, Hudson. Whereas when I was going up the East River, I was like, now you're going to get to the Harlem, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's where I was the most there. Huh. And um, every time I turned, you know, um, Sharon was smiling and she never was, she was just so there the whole time. I don't know how she, anyone can do that for 11 hours. <laughs> And I was so thankful, you know, and she was so good. If she, she would just give me a hand signal 
and I would just see it. It was mm-hmm. crazy. It was like never before have I experienced quite that where she'll just do something once. And I was like, oh, and I j- adjusted a little and it was fine. And at the same time, I saw it wasn't I, something you guys predetermined. Not really. No, it was. Did you like predetermine hand signals? No, no. And we did say I, I was like, look, I'm going to just do whatever you I, I'm going to stay by you. And I just understood that. And because um, everyone, people, mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes you discuss stuff, but what ends up happening is um, people end up doing what they're used to. Whatever's going to happen. Kind of, especially yeah. when things pick <laughs> up. That's my experience. And so I was um, kind of like, I'm going to adapt and I'm going to really be in tune with her. But it turned out she was so in tune with me and the whole swim. Like um, it was just really, I was so thankful. And then I saw ed eating pringles and i told him this later but that was probably my oddly my happiest moment of the swim because i was just concerned with them being uncomfortable right frankly. not to the point of anxiety but it made me happy because he just looked kind of peaceful a little zo- like just he was relaxing and eating some chips <laughs> and he was surprised he said i get upset when i just see people slacking off and eating <laughs> glad and uh and then when I got to the Hudson it just pulled me through the Spite and Dival bridge and I always wondered what it was like to go through there because it looks like a bunch of when it's all apart it just looks like a bunch of weird pieces of bridge Mm. I don't know if you've seen it because it's the kind of bridge that opens and shuts okay and usually it's open actually well actually I've seen it open and closed but this time it was open when it's open they just have little bits of it the interlocking bits of it are apart interesting okay um like there are three little parts spread out across the water and um I did feel the the biggest emotion swelling emotion when I saw this rock with the sea painted on it because that's for Columbia and I just thought of all that that institution's given to me, like where I work and I'm attending journalism school. And it was just a metaphor for all that swimming in New York City have really, you know, given to me, like how lucky I felt. Mm-hmm. And, um, so then one thing about going into the Hudson was right before I slept and when I couldn't sleep, I checked my uh, WhatsApp, which I don't a lot, but I was checking everything that possibly could have messaging because I just couldn't sleep. Paul <laughs> yeah. Walters from DC who would have been my um, crew with Ed originally but she couldn't make it this for this time um, sent me a blessing with she she goes to Nepal normally every year to volunteer at an orphanage and she brought back a singing bowl or probably many but she was just basically blessing the swim and I I listened to it like this because I just you know, was in bed and I had it against yeah. my and the bowl was ringing. And this sounds crazy, but only right as I approached the Spite and Dival and was going under the bridge and the water was really pulling me, it was pulling me under it. And I went like this, I was like, hey, like, I was like <laughs> but I heard a, a ringing in my ear, oh. like that bowl. And then it stopped right when I got into the Hudson. It was so weird. Huh. Cause at first I thought, Oh, like mm, it must be the waves boxing my head around or my cap's too tight. <laughs> but suddenly I remembered the bowl. So I told her that later. And then 
the one thing I wasn't prepared for was crossing into the Hudson. Because mm. it, I had a little glimmer of why am I not, why am I, why can't I just go let, let this famed current carry me down? Like, why can't I just turn left now? Because I'm in the Hudson. But uh, then I thought, oh, it's because you need to get out there to get the current and so you don't hit land all the way down. So Right, yeah. Uh, I realized that pretty quickly, but crossing stuff sucks. It's <laughs> <Just laughs> yeah. a strong current down and um, the waves were, the that afternoon breeze, the headwind was definitely present, but not mm-hmm. like, I've seen it way worse. So I knew kind of like, this is about what I could expect and it's mm-hmm. no worse than that. Um, and yeah, I just kept going and passed under the Washington Bridge and I felt really great and then the sun eventually started setting and I I knew kind of like this is all correct like this is what's supposed to happen Mm -hmm. and they got glow sticks on me and I never felt afraid of being in the um in the dark or anything but I got that feeling likening it to hike again where I almost feel like oh I'm ready now to get to the parking lot and (laughs) I love that analogy it resonates with me a lot felt so much like that and so every single experience from my life you know how I said I really hope my other experiences um help me here because I'm not getting the yardage I'm not and my shoulder could have felt funky but I've never had a swim that I was so I had so many tools for it it called upon every single aspect of my life mentally and physically Mm -hmm. and experientially and other people's experiences watching them Mm -hmm. listening to what them people telling me when they lost heart or when they, in some cases, decided to stop or um, just like different, every single thing uh, people told me about or that I actually watched happen um, had something to do with it and even hiking. So when I got that feeling, I was like, hey, this is when you just zone out, especially in the Upper West Side. I could have never imagined that that would be the part if I had to choose that I dislike the most because you just look up and see a bunch of bushes. <laughs> and I started having all these cranky feelings, but then I focused on being in there and how beautiful, how much I've admired the river from there, from the Upper West Side. Always, nice. you know? Can you think of anything else in your life that uses all of those tools? Like, I just love that thought of like, that every experience that you've ever had, you get to apply on a day. Can you yeah. think of anything else that you get to do that? Or is the marathon swimming just that much of a gift to us? <laughs> it is that much of a gift. And it's, it was that course. And it was where I'm at, where I happen to be in my life. Because mm-hmm. um, there's nothing, probably nothing else that, um, plus I was just so aware of it. I was so mm-hmm. aware of what tool I was using or what particular experience mm-hmm. had helped me. Um, to, to be prepared. So there weren't any huge, there weren't any huge surprises and it didn't feel, e- it's not easy. Cause a lot of people actually are like, they come out of it cause these are channel swimmers and whatever. And they say, oh, oh, that one's easy. But I think what they really mean is kind of, you can, maybe they, they took it in striders. Maybe it was easy for them. I wouldn't say it was easy, mm-hmm. but it felt easy. I think I know what those people mean now. Cause I used mm-hmm. to just feel like that's kind of cocky. Like it's, or, I mean, I, how can you say that? It's such a big swim, but um, I did feel prepared for it. There's nothing in there that um, I couldn't handle, but I also knew that 
Um, it could have been worse. I knew that. And I also was getting ready for the other shoe to drop a little bit because mm -hmm. of my shoulder and also what people said. So some people have gotten in there and their leg just goes numb or something or, or their ears hurt or something just starts feeling a way they've never felt before. Mm -hmm. And I was getting ready for that. And also being like, would I swim through um, intense joint pain? Would I mm -hmm. do that to myself? Um, especially because my dad had horrible arthritis, uh, my late father. And I didn't end up thinking about him directly on the swim, but I thought, okay, like if I get into a painful situation, I might be triggered about, you know, either thinking of him is going to make me keep pushing or make me stop and mm -hmm. be like, I don't have to live with this pain. So I was kind of pondering it, but it didn't really come into play. And at one point, Sharon said, hey, like after the George Washington Bridge, she said, you're kind of like shortening your left side. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, it's because I'm babying my arm. But when I tried to extend it, it felt better. Oh, okay. So it really helped that she said that. And your advice, your advice about <laughs> your hand under you when you rotate, mm -hmm. it really did put my mental focus on a part that I could actually adhere to mm -hmm. that changed my stroke I believe mm -hmm. um and I thank you because almost the whole time you know how people have talked about mantras mm -hmm. I never had that but if I had a mantra my most frequent thought was probably keep your hand under you keep your hand under you keep rotating and I really think that prevented me from tweaking my shoulder out so Good. I'm very thankful to you also. And I thought of that constantly, like, I can't wait to say this, like how much it helped. Because um, <laughs> I've tried other things where people are like, oh, you should be pushing the water. Or when you pull, feel like you're pushing off something. Or But I couldn't, I could do that part of it, but mm -hmm. it didn't resolve the other parts of the stroke cycle for me. But for some reason, thinking about the, where just put, getting my hand under my body, Mm -hmm. It's hard to explain to someone else, but once I was in the water, I think, it, it, I mean, it just did, it changed something. Mm -hmm. um, cause I didn't feel, cause mostly sometimes when I felt this way, I feel like every stroke I take, I'm just sort of like bending something before it, maybe it'll snap. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, that's and not good. I didn't feel like that. Mm -hmm. I was really, uh, but I was prepared. I was ready to feel that. Um, and I also didn't have any fear of um, missing the cutoff. Like I think sometimes there's a fear that if the tide turns at the battery, then it's over. No right. one's going to fight that. But I knew it was taking me 11 hours. So I didn't really have a fear of that until the very end. So now right. this one, even the NYPD boat came out, lit up like a Christmas tree. It was just like all lit up and I felt mortified but then they told me, but they're here for every swim. This is what they do. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, I wish it would go away. <laughs> having thoughts about cop civilian relationships and just like having all these little thoughts. But I spotted them. I was like, no, they're here to help and stop. You know, just don't worry. But the bright lights made it hard to see. But then I could see the city lights and the glow sticks on the kayak. And I kept thinking, okay, we're going to get to the wall. Um, there's a wall right before Pier A. Um, it's kind of a long wall, but I was getting ready to put on kind of sprint for a big finish when I got to it. But until then I was just holding steady and holding steady, getting to the parking lot, like forget about it, keep going, keep going. And at one point I heard cheering above the water 
So I put on that burst of speed. I was like, oh, and I started going. And the cheers turned into more urgent, like they were like, so, so I looked up and they said, you're done. So what happened was they um, finished me out in the middle of the channel instead of bringing me back inland because the tide was actually slowing down. Oh, It wasn't near the slack point or the turning point, but it was just negligible. It wasn't really helping me anymore. So they wanted to maximize it. And so instead of making me cut back across to get into the very notch, I just finished in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of a better way to just and be taken by surprise at the end. <laughs> I was charging for the second loop when they stopped me and they were like, oh. You're done. <laughs> You're done. so, um, yeah. And when I got out, I felt like, again, all those fantasies, those secret fantasies of like pumping my fist in the air or <laughs> crumpling into a ball and weeping and all the drama and the, none of that happened. And if anything, I was like completely um, stunned and just, I didn't feel like I did it. I felt kind of like, wow, like that happened and it, it happened and I got to see that, see it. And I got to be there. And, um, the vibe on the boat was very much, I thought similar, like we were all just kind of like, you know, and at one point in the middle of the chaos, Ed just kind of looked at me, he was like, wow, you know, and I appreciated it so much because I, I just, I don't know. I think it's hard to be, um, to ask for someone to be so invested in your swim, like it's their own swim, mm-hmm. particularly if it's, it's long and if they themselves are a fast swimmer and Ed is a, fast swimmer and uh, oh a couple points he got into the water with me Uh and bubbles were coming out in the water because I was actually laughing (laughs) I I was just going at my forever pace and pushing myself to keep the momentum going Mm -hmm. and he he, I would just see him and he'd just be like (laughs) (laughs) and I would have done like five strokes or something and he he effortlessly like with one really slow motion move he'd just be off a few more yards and I thought oh my god so um yeah it was it was an incredible experience and no I I never had um such an extended period of time in my life where I also had that out-of-body feeling but I've had Mm -hmm. that feeling in stuff like performances uh-huh. Uh, like when I played a piano concerto a thousand years ago in, in high school and I felt the parts of my consciousness separating mm-hmm. uh, and kind of like you're there but you're also so not there like you can't believe it's happened like you're watching it yeah I don't know if that makes it probably will make sense it has uh, a name there's a name for that a phenomena this disassociation but that sounds bad Right. Yeah. No, I think it's more like it's when you're in that zone, but I feel like Angela um, Duckworth calls it something else. Like in her book, Grit, she talks about like training to, to get to where you can have that experience where you can really just, your body's just working, you know, operating independently of your mind and you're able to just sit back and watch. It's really cool. My mind also didn't have that many abstract or other thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas usually it does. Like on a swim like that, usually it'll be a blend of things. Mm-hmm. But this time it was very matter of fact. And again, this sounds so boring compared to what I thought it would be. But it, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was so cool. And I think it speaks to the, the power of that course. 
yeah I think so and yeah yeah uh and it's it demands its own space you know in the theater of of your consciousness like it, mm-hmm. it just just you know it wasn't about anything but that swim right. um, but also gratitude for the for people for everyone in my life every experience I've had every bit of advice I was given like just everything um it was so awesome and what an amazing birthday gift to yourself yeah, it really was and then um when I got out I had of course so many overwhelming amount of text messages and looking back a lot of them were really unconditionally supportive in a kind of kind of interesting way and I found out that a lot of people thought I didn't finish oh I think- <laughs> yeah the tracker would go in and out throughout the day so I was yeah. like oh, no. <laughs> and then exactly 10 hours the website I think timed out shut down yeah yeah, yeah. I, I was at one point yeah checking in it was like the like a course and or event ended and I'm like what <laughs> and so and then what happened was somebody I think someone in the open water swimming community actually accidentally kind of jumped the gun a bit and mm. she posted on her page and I don't have Facebook so I never really saw this but I think she was like oh you know Gia didn't make it but she got 10 hours in and and then it caused a bit of like a because some people were texting Ed on the boat and they're like where's the evidence like what happened and it caused a little bit of an uproar interesting and I had no idea so first I called my sister you know who's pregnant because she was like are you okay wow like you swam 10 hours and as I was talking to her I realized she didn't think at one point she said oh you finished and I was like yeah (laughs) and why did you think so she explained the tracker thing Mm -hmm. she said you better call mom and Uh, my mom too she's like oh you finished? <laughs> she, she answered and she's like, oh, I'm so proud of you. 10 hours. I was like, no, no, 11 hours. <laughs> and I finished. And she was just like, oh my God. And um, oh, about, un- again, props to Rondi's modeling because I think I finished within nine seconds of the time that she, the clock time she said I'd finish. Wow, that's amazing. And within minutes of the actual time spent in water that she projected. Mm-hmm. So Ed made it a point on the observing sheets to write down 8 30 51 51 seconds because she said I'd end at 8 31 p.m <laughs> absolutely astounding yeah yeah and um yeah I'm trying to think if I'm leaving out it I mean I've certainly gone on and on um yeah it, I, what did your shoulder ever bother you not in the way that I was expecting <laughs> fearing that it would and that's another mm-hmm. thing. I started kind of being like, okay, I kind of thought, all right, this swim is definitely going to be the the biggest one that I do. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really, but instead it kind of left, left that door open. Now you're like, hmm. Right. <laughs> and I wouldn't necessarily call it a gateway. Like, oh, now I'm going to, but it, instead of shutting the door and being like, wow, like I did that and thus ends not ends my swimming career but sort of like that's the peak I was like huh kind of I was so ready um for that and with a little luck it was the perfect day and it just felt like a different um you know about the imposter syndrome thing or those complicated feelings I was describing it Mm -hmm 
maybe more so than feel like, oh, I'm in the club now. And I got really nice texts from someone who, who was just like, you're in a new class now. This is like an elite. And it is. But I felt more kind of serious about with the shoulder thing. I was like, I want to learn about my body. Like, mm-hmm. I will look into a, a coach if if I don't have time or can't afford or whatever, I'll do it um, intermittently or, but I, I want to study this because yeah. I am in a different kind of uh, league. Mm-hmm. And I did give myself some credit in terms of like, you've done a lot. Cause without that, it wouldn't feel this way. Right. Like you have swum for 10 plus years. Like you have put in the miles in your life. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. It's not just this one you walk onto, but it felt like uh, I could handle it. So it's easy to think like, yeah, I just reevaluated that. And mm-hmm. um, I don't want to injure myself, put myself in a position to um, hurt myself if, if I could have learned how to prevent it through the way that I swim or if it comes down to even lifting weights or stuff, which is highly recommended. I want to do that because I'd love to keep doing swims like this without um, hurting myself. Fear of injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. I respect when people do that, but I don't want to do it. And um, maybe someday I'll have to, but I just had a little talk with myself like, hey, this this is definitely a big deal and it's mm-hmm. a big event, athletic mm-hmm. event. And so maybe try to start thinking like an athlete. And I even said to Ed, maybe I, I should work on how to get faster. Like, why not? Maybe I should find out if instead of 44 to 54 strokes a minute, maybe put speeding it up a little will be better. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. sort of settled into the thought that, oh, the slow catch is the way to go. I do think that, um, but who knows if that's right, if I didn't try the other thing. Right. So it kind of opened up more possibilities in a way mm-hmm. and just left a lot open, including this whole idea of like, I will leave New York now. Like this is going to be, you know, at sometimes when I was unhappy in New York, I, I was like, I can't wait to, it would just be my like peace out New York kind of thing. I yeah. can't believe I ever would have approached such an incredible swim in such a petty way. Mm-hmm. And this time I had a little dialogue with the rivers too. I said, are you going to let me leave you or what? Or are you going <laughs> to, are you going to give me shit in the Hudson? I bet you are. And then I had a little voice, you know, maybe I haven't made up my mind. I don't know. And that's how it felt. It just sort of felt like, Hey, I can leave anytime. The city doesn't care. It's just like um, nature itself. It doesn't give a shit if I leave or, Oh, sorry. I shouldn't, but you know, and, and I actually respected that. I was like, today I got to do this mm-hmm. and the city had the last laugh which I think is perfect because I got conjunctivitis in my left eyelid oh no treated <laughs> by now but I actually I laughed because I said touche New York <laughs> you will always be boss there's no <laughs> swimming around you there's no <laughs> victory over the swim or <laughs> and she asserted that made sure to you know let you know (laughs) souvenir it couldn't be more perfect you know there had to be a little backhanded like (laughs) go around here's a little gift here's right in your eye oh man sorry to hear that (laughs) yeah that sounds like um 
Yeah. Anytime I've ever contemplated moving from somewhere, which I've moved a lot in my life, it's, I've always just tell myself, you know, you can always come back, but it never hurts to go try something else, but that's just me. (laughs) It doesn't ever have to be like, oh, I'll never come back here again. It's more like, I'll see you later. I'm just going to go try something else for a while. That's kind of the feeling. It wasn't like, oh no, I'll actually miss this place after. A part of me secretly worried that if I swam around that I'd be seduced back into definitely. Uh I was was fearful of that Mm. Uh, because as much as I've complained I've and I'm still here but it didn't feel like that and it didn't feel uh like this is the the this is closing this swim is closing the chapter either right so everything felt open and um yet to be determined and I think um it didn't give you any clear answers. It was just another, yeah. another event in your life. <laughs> it was the swim, swim of my life. Like it was freaking awesome. Great That's experience. Awesome. Yeah. I love how you described all of it. it. I mean, I've been wanting to, I remember when I very first talked to Chris Rutford and it's like, wow, somebody swam around Manhattan that many times, but you can get the enchantment with it. And I can, I don't know. I can imagine even like when listening to you describe it, I'm like, oh, I wonder if Gio ever do it again. Cause I, I feel yeah. like if you focus on some kind of anatomically correct technique and that long, like swimming for longevity, like I think with that can come speed personally as a coach, <laughs> but, but I feel like there would be some kind of something to seeing where, you know, where you were in a 45 or 50, who knows, <laughs> yeah, maybe. but it was also so satisfying that, I just, I don't know, but it just made me feel really kind of like I miss being out there. So for my 40th birthday, which is coming next Thursday, I volunteered. So I'm obviously I'm, I'm going to take my last day that I have accrued off at work before mm-hmm. I start accumulating again and just being more grounded. Mm-hmm. But uh, Rondi needed someone and I was like, yeah, that's I cannot think of a better way to spend my birthday and watch, see someone else around the island. Yeah. It made me want to give more and I get so much at it. Like I've learned so much and mm-hmm. I, I miss, you know, I want to be out there and yeah. So that That's will great. happen probably, you know, just wanting mm-hmm. to be back there and see it again. Very, very cool. Yeah. Um, how was Ida for you guys? <laughs> so, um, Ida, I'm actually in Massachusetts now at my mom's. Mm-hmm. Um, through Wednesday and then I'll start creeping back but it, we were fine mm. but I know that horrible stuff is happening in New York and I was talking to my colleagues and a couple of them had that one has to move oh, and man. yeah it hit people unevenly mm-hmm. for sure in a way that I'm not sure that I, I feel like places that hadn't necessarily been flooded before did and just all kinds of and people a lot of people have died And it's, um, it's that it just goes back to like, this is the summer that not just the swim, it is the summer I had it all. Because I have to say, there were days when I was in Korea, and I was like, what are you doing? Either it would be like, you need to swim, or you need to see your sick uncle, who this might be the last time, or you gotta like, hello, what about your master's project for your entire graduate career and setting yourself up for your a career transition and but then and then this idea that like you can't have it all but I got to have it all like I just turned in my master's and I'm proud of it 
And I, I really got to see my family and all that swimming meant a lot being outside. I never trained outdoors solely for a whole summer That's in insane. all, different, yeah, all different conditions and landscapes. And, you know, with the lifeguards, they kind of, once they came out, I realized I was swimming right on the breakers half the time because uh -huh. they don't move the line just because the break. And I thought this is so stupid, but actually I think that really helped me. Mm -hmm. And, um, just, yeah, I, but why was I there? There's some, I was leading up to something with that. Yes. Being so fortunate when there's universal suffering, mm -hmm. like everything going on in Tahoe and the, all the fire Oregon where you are. And I just, um, I feel so thankful, but there is also a feeling of like a little bit of helplessness. And I don't want to go on about it because it's sort of like in some regards, a lot of this stuff is so big, like stuff happening in Afghanistan, people, mm. the starvation in Africa, the mass starvation. And um, I'm just like, life is not fair, you know? And um, when it, just kind of like when things are good, you know, bad things may happen to me in my life too. Right. Like this is, but instead of fearing it, it's just, it is just like the current. When the current's with you, just ride that current. Mm -hmm. Because at some point you're going to need energy for something else. Yep. Um, but yeah, with Ida and stuff, I just feel so weird. Like, how come I got to have it all? Right. And people's yeah. homes are gone. Right. That's, yeah, when our yeah. fire came through here last year, that's, that's how I felt after it all. It's like, how can yeah. my entire community be devastated? And I'm fine. I'm sitting <laughs> on my computer, you know, doing the same thing I was doing three days ago. And there's people out there looking, you know, with nowhere to live. So, yeah, I know exactly. I know exactly and I would like mean. to do... I think it's about, for me, it's about journalism, kind of like, I want to do something that contributes to humanity positively. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But also with these disasters and stuff, like, I've also been thinking in the back of my mind, um, how can I live my whole life so that I do feel like I'm uh, doing something to help somehow, but kind of right. like choose your battles, like, what can I do? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Is it about giving a little money? Is it about showing up there myself? It, uh, so I've been thinking that a lot because um, yeah. it, it's just so unfair. And um, yeah. Yep. I'm right there with you. Right there with you. But there's gratitude from you to me, me to you <laughs> for sharing your journey with us. And thank you. Congratulations on finishing your master's project and happy birthday in a couple of days <laughs> and congratulations on your swim. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think how I can, um, yeah, I've got, I've got a lot of ideas rolling around in my head too, about, I have this platform, I've got marathon swim stories I and I, have, I get to talk to these amazing people like you and there's the plastic pollution, but then there's also children needing to learn how to swim and like diversity and aquatics. You know, I've got so many things racing through my head. Like how can I, and it's all still just churning, but, um, I'm open well, to I think what you've done with your, with this platform is so it's really galvanized the community and had people meet each other who wouldn't have met each other. 
and I've talked about that with several people. And uh, when when people were saying I met her this summer, I was like, oh, you know, like. <laughs> and um, yeah, and so I'm grateful to you because at some point when I feel like I can handle it, I'm gonna watch all of these. And <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's so much. It's so much. Uh... Yeah, it takes a lot of, uh, I think, attention whenever I hear people like, oh, I just was pulling up the latest one. I'm like, wow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it's, um, I've definitely tried to get it to more manageable pace. Like I figure one a week's more manageable. Um, but still, they, I know they always end up being like around an hour. So it's a lot of people's time. So I'm yeah. super grateful for everybody. One quick thing that. is like, speaking of um, a, a record or something, because this is the best these four interviews are probably the best record I could ask for. And I thought I'd be, I, I'm obsessed with photos. So when I, when other people swim, I always take a photo of them under each bridge and I try to make <laughs> a perfect photo. I got some great photos out of um, Ed and I think maybe Sharon managed to take one, but <laughs> I found that for my own swim, I wasn't so obsessed and I would do these huge write-ups, but um I just kind of lived it instead. So I will write something, but it doesn't feel the same as just, and then Ed really surprised me because I joke with Ed that he writes in Morse code because he only writes what he has to write and in between uh. just put dots. So it's like a bunch of dots and some words. I mean, he gets everything he has to say across, but he sent me like a four page single spaced account of my swim. Oh, wow. And my eyes were just prickling with tea. I was like, I can't believe he did this. And it meant so much because after I write, write about other swims, I didn't really know what to write about my own and seeing all the details about what it was like for them above on the boat and what was happening. It just completes the picture. And I'm just like, it was such a gift, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations again. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have you heard of the Intrepid Water Accountability Group? We'll support and encourage each other on a private chat platform, pursue monthly challenges both in the water and on land, and meet virtually once a month to dive deep on a topic. If you'd like to join a group of like-minded limit pushers from around the globe, join the Intrepid Water Accountability Group. Find out more at intrepidwater.com.